This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here with my dear friend, Brianna, Dr. Brianna Diorio. Welcome back, doctor. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. I love <laughs> chit-chatting with you. And it's like, why not record the conversations we have anyway? Why not? I know. I know. And we were just talking about coffee. Um, do you want to talk about, I feel like caffeine is a controversial. Mm. What's your take? Let's dive into it. This is what people get wrong is they forget that caffeine is the constituent, right? Like caffeine itself is the compound that has a lot of neurological benefits. That is what has the antioxidants, the polyphenols, caffeic acid, chlorogenic acid. There's a lot of secondary compounds that are found in caffeine itself. So if you want to get some of the benefits from caffeine, you don't have to drink coffee. But I mean, like, do you not want to enjoy your life is what I always like, you know, joke about. So like if you're sensitive to caffeine, itself or coffee, let's say, because you're going through blood sugar stuff or adrenal stuff or what have you, then like you can also get caffeine from other things, you know, like different kinds of teas, green tea, matcha, not so much matcha, but like, um, you know, some other things. So I think coffee gets a bad rap also because it's heavily sprayed with pesticides and all that and how most Americans are consuming coffee, uh, you know, like with sugar and milk and now like even all like the fagazi oat milks and all that stuff. So it's like how you choose to consume caffeine is important. But caffeine itself is actually the compound that has like a lot of really cool research. So I always tell people like, get the caffeine however you want. I prefer uh, like coffee or espresso, but you don't have to drink that if you don't want. If you also, I think this goes with anything in health. Like if you're doing something, consuming something, eating something, whatever, and then you feel continuously worse after it, then maybe don't do that for a bit. And it's really that simple. So like if you're already super tired and then coffee's not working for you, like don't drink more, figure out maybe like, where can I take a step back and what else is going on? In case you have not heard my favorite electrolyte company element, I drink literally three or four of these a day. So good. They have changed my code. So now everybody listening, all of you, everybody in our community, you can get a free element sample pack with any order that you place. So anytime you place an order, you can get a free sample pack, which includes one packet of every flavor. So that way you can try out all of the flavors. They're all incredible. And they offer no questions asked refunds on all orders. You don't even have to send the product back. So you have nothing to lose. So with every order you place, if you go to drinkelement.com CTC, that link will be in the show notes. You can get a free sample pack one packet of every flavor. I am obsessed with Element. I'm always carrying a million packets in my bag everywhere I go. Here's the thing. A lot of people are chronically dehydrated, even though they're drinking a lot of water. And especially when you're eating a whole foods-based diet, it's so easy for your electrolytes to get out of balance, particularly if you're fasting, if you're really active. But even if you're not, if you're just on a whole foods-based diet, most people are not getting enough salt and it can feel like you're never actually hydrated. For years, I was having all kinds of weird symptoms, headaches, brain fog, couldn't concentrate, poor sleep, chronically hungry, and I jumped to all these dramatic reasons when it was really I just needed electrolytes. But I was very against electrolytes for a long time because most of them have so much crap in them, so many artificial ingredients. And then when I found out that Rob Wolf, who got me into paleo, was the co-founder of this brand, And then I saw Chris Kresser posting about it. I had to try it out. And now I live, breathe, drink, obviously, element. 
And I noticed a huge difference. All of those weird symptoms went away and it's like my body can actually absorb the water and I can actually get hydrated. And it's one of the most helpful spiritual hacks. If you've been feeling weird, if your body's been feeling weird, I can't emphasize enough drinking enough water and drinking electrolytes to balance the body back out. My favorite flavors are watermelon and citrus salt and putting the chocolate in my coffee. It is so good, but you really can't go wrong. So if you want to try out Element, go to drinkelement.com. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash C-T-C and you'll get a free sample pack with any order. If you don't like it, you can get a full refund. You don't even have to send it back. So you really have nothing to lose. And you can use that code every single time you place an order. So if you want to get hydrated without any of the artificial ingredients, get your hands on some element. You will never go back. It's a good tip. You know, if it's making you feel worse, maybe you don't do it. Even if it's health, I say this to people all the time, like, listen, even if there's like 90 new articles on it or it's a buzzword or it's happening and all the influencers love it, like it doesn't just because it works for somebody doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. So like if it's not jiving with you, just like diets and everything, you know how we always joke about being like a diet agnostic, like try it out. If it's making you feel worse or you're not really feeling anything, like doesn't mean it has to be for you. You can, you know, shelf it and maybe come back to it and, you know, here and there and kind of like add it in occasionally, but you don't have to like live or die by anything when it comes to health. Totally. I want to return to that because I have a lot to say, but I just have to tell you the story. Have I ever told you that I like lived on caffeine pills in college? I don't think you did. I like, I could never drink coffee. I just would get the jitters. And I don't know why I thought this makes no sense now that I'm thinking about this, honestly. Like I could never drink coffee. And then it also gave me a stomach ache, probably because it was shitty coffee, whatever I was drinking in college. This is before I, you know, made my way into health. Anything before you were on the fairy diet. Yeah. Before I was on the, not. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> before diet. that. This is before paleo. But this was like OG. And so I told my mom and she was like, Oh, I used to have the same problem in college. Like I could never tolerate coffee. So I just took caffeine pills. So I'll send you some. So she, this is how sketch my mom is. She literally mails me like an envelope, like a letter envelope. And I open it up and there are these caffeine pills in it. She mails that to me. And I'm like, mom, I also need a $20 bill in there till I can go to the dining hall, but the tip caffeine pills help too. That's fine. the sketchiest thing. Now that I'm thinking about this, I'm like, that was crazy. And I just lived off caffeine pills. And I'm like, how come I was fine with caffeine pills? But I mean, it, it must have been the shitty coffee. It must have been like the moldy coffee, right? Probably. Yeah. There's also some researchers that talk about that certain people just like you can have the comp, you know, gene and enzyme and things like that. Like there's different enzymes in your liver that will, you know, break down and metabolize caffeine faster or slower. So some people who have some of those SNPs may also have issues with caffeine metabolism in general, which is why like we were joking before we recorded this, I could drink coffee literally seven minutes before bed and be like, hey, good night, where other people like one of my best friends, Lisa, she cannot drink coffee after 11am because it will keep her up like for days afterwards. So I, I think with anything, obviously, there's always going to be some genetic component, you know, and what else is going on with liver stuff as always. And, you know, I think it's always important to look into that. With all of the benefits that people talk about with coffee, is that coffee itself or the caffeine? I think it's the caffeine itself. I mean, a lot of the research that I've seen, especially on the amount, like they talk about when there's like a risk or there's a reduced risk in things like dementia and, you know, neurological other, you know, diseases and things like that. Or if there's, you know, benefits at protecting the liver and, and all of that, 
the research is generally around like 400 milligrams of caffeine itself. So it's kind of like nicotine, right? Like, yeah, nicotine in a cigarette is obviously not great for you. I mean, I'm not promoting nicotine, but nicotine itself as a compound, there's actually like research on its ability to help you focus and, you know, being able to help with concentration. And some people get like a buzz or energy from it. So it's always about kind of like the compound and then get that compound in whatever deliverable method that you choose. So I think coffee has kind of just gotten this really big umbrella term, but the caffeine is that compound that has, like I said, a lot of those other secondary components, those constituents that provide those benefits throughout the body. So you don't have to, you don't have to drink coffee, but like, you know, again, if it doesn't work for you, then don't do it. If it does do it. Okay. But okay. Like coffee enema, it is the coffee, right? Cause otherwise we'd be doing what? Like green tea enemas. That I actually don't know because I've never done a coffee enema. Yeah, I know a... you and I joke a lot about like a non-bachelorette bachelorette party where everyone's <laughs> just doing coffee enemas. Um, I, I will set it up. I, yeah, I don't, I, like I said, I haven't done enough research on coffee enemas <laughs> to understand why it's the caffeine. I, I would imagine maybe, but I also don't know because I'm sure, um, the, I'm sure that plays coffee. a role. I got to get you on the coffee and train. It's a game changer. I'm scared. I'm so scared. My cousin wants to do one and I'm like, I can't do it alone. I think I definitely am not doing it alone in my house. That's what is not happening. My Friday nights are pretty full already, you know, like Shark Tank and, you know, Whole Foods. Like I got a lot on my plate and I just coffee enema is not going to make the cut but with a friend or somebody else. Yeah. You need to like have, I'm telling you this like non bachelorette bachelorette, even though you're not like none of us are married, whatever, just like this idea of like getting together and just doing all weird hippy dippy shit. That's like, cool. Let's let's do do it. it. Let's plan it. I'll plan it. Are you going to come out here? One hundo. Okay, perfect. Great. We can do it. Everybody, everybody can pick like one theme that they want to like bring to this whatever wellness, weird, hippy dippy Uh retreat and be like, okay, so like I'd bring a bunch of like tinctures and herbs and be like, okay, guys, we're going to do kava cocktails tonight. And then you could be like, okay, I'm leading the enemas and I'm going to bring my pendulum, you know, like (laughs) everybody would have their night or whatever their hour and it would be like your time to shine. Okay. I'm I'm so here for this. I think this should actually be like a business. You know how people, you can hire people to plan your bachelorette parties. Yeah. But like there should be a business that's for holistic people like you know this kind of community to be like yo plan this and get some like weird shaman to come in if you want to do like ayahuasca one night if you want to do enemas like that would be a service i would 100 pay for i mean i would totally do that my my hairstylist was telling me for his birthday he hired like some psychic to come and give everybody readings and it was like a whole night and i'm like dude, you should have just hired me. You know, I'm, I would so do that. Or I always joke that I should have a service where I give people a food tour of San Diego because we all know that's my strong suit. Like, Hell yeah. I mean, if anybody wants to hire me for that. This should be like an agency of sorts where it's like this yeah. whatever boutique wellness, hippy dippy kind of thing. And yeah, you like pick your service of what you want, your location. I mean, I think I would pay for it, you know? Okay, I love that. New business Man- idea. Let's manifest that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's talk to, you know? Rihanna always comes up with all my business ideas. <laughs> yeah, what's happening with the mug launch? She's, I need to she's know. Pushing the mugs. Uh they, they're coming soon. I'm hoping I'll have some samples in the next two weeks or so. And don't worry, you'll be first to get yours. Well, so. you know the thing that's trending on TikTok right now? It's like, this is what I'm drinking and this is the book I'm reading. So, like, obviously, you're gonna do the TikTok where it's gonna be like, this is what I'm drinking, it's gonna be your mug, and then it's yeah. gonna be this is what I'm reading, and it's gonna be one of your 90 books that you write in five yeah. days. <laughs> And it's going to be a series. I love that. I so love that. There we go. Amazing. Next. See, Brianna is basically my business coach. She just, you I give always, me the best business ideas. I swear. Oh is God. it just I me or do you do that for everyone? 
No, I always joke. It's a joke with my brother and I too. Like I am a very big 30,000 foot view person. I hate logistics. I hate SOP stuff. It is not my strong suit. Like very attention to detail stuff. Like even when I was doing my dissertation, like I hired an editor because I just don't want, like, I hate that stuff. It's not where I thrive. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, that's a you problem, like logistics operations. Like I'm the big picture person. Like let's think big picture and then reverse engineer back. Like on my tombstone one day, it's going to be like reverse engineer queen. That's like what I'm always about and everything in life. I see that. I'm the same way. That's very much a quad right thing, you know, in human design. Like, yeah, we don't like weren't, weren't we the same when we yeah. went over that the one day? We're, we're the same, same, whatever. Everybody, Brown is a quad right. I talk about being a quad right all the time on this podcast because like, it that's has so rare. And I was like, is it? It just makes me so excited because it's such a different way of like moving through the world. And I, whenever I find my quad rights or my cold thirst people, I'm like, we need to be best friends because we have so much in common or do know? some things together, like the synergy of that. Yes. Love that. Which comes back to I want to, I was talking about this on a podcast yesterday, getting into it and like, the idea of, okay, so what's healthy for me is not necessarily what's healthy for you. And that is one of the reasons why, okay, so there's the genetic component, but for me, like moving into vibrational eating and then also the human design thing. I mean, the classic, like, okay, I'm cold thirst and there's hot thirst. And I'm like, literally like a hot drink is not good for me. How sad is that? Right. But a cold drink would not be good for that person. And that's something that we don't even think about logically, you know? And I feel like I was saying this to someone, I'm like, I feel like you can tell the difference, especially podcasts or people on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. You can very much tell the difference between somebody who's actually worked with people and somebody who's just caught up in PubMed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I was probably even guilty of that very early in my career because I think you know how it goes. Like you're almost trying to prove yourself. Like, you know, a lot, but your age works against you when you're younger in your career. So you have to lead with science or knowledge or credentials or whatever. So it's like, right. But this is what the research says. And it's like, if that worked, then, you know, like research wouldn't continue to evolve. And it is so interesting because like, I know you and I even have kind of joked about this. I think even last time on the podcast, like the research after a while, gets almost like boring because it's like, no, I get it. This is the mechanism of action. This is the pathway, whatever. But so many of these other fields that we all pretend to study like Ayurveda and Chinese medicine and all that, like this stuff has been around for thousands of years. There's not always a lot of quote research or deep science, but it's worked on, you know, lots of different people, anecdotal research, like that kind of stuff. And I think that is where they really do listen to the person. And I say that to people that I work with all the time. Like I make a joke of it. Like, do you think the Chinese practitioners 5,000 years ago were like, you know, let's run all these tests. It's like, no, let's like check in. Like what happens when you wake up in the morning? How do you feel? What are you craving? What kind of stressor are you? How does your body break down? Like, you know, all those things. And we're just like, eh, you know, like it, we want to either make everybody fit into a, a bucket or a box, or we have this weird cognitive dissonance of being like, yeah, things can change and evolve with our health. And like, that doesn't work for me anymore. And I've now learned to listen to my body or like, whatever, figure out more of my human design, you know? Mm -hmm. What's like some of the craziest shit you've seen work? like what with health stuff? Yeah. Like with clients or like for yourself, like, I feel like you've got to have many experiences of, okay, this is what logically makes sense. And then this person, holy shit, it's like something totally different. That's way out of the box. I'm not like, I, I don't want, I want to be conservative with this number, but I would say probably 85% of the people that I work with, it's probably more, but I err on the side of conservative. Like it's about doing less. I swear to God, it's about literally everything that you're doing, all the things that you're doing and not forever, but doing less for a little bit and taking a big step back and like 
taking a break from whatever you're doing, trying too much, working out too much, taking too many supplements, taking too many herbs, seeing 70 different doctors, 30 different practitioners, practitioner hopping, protocol hopping, like all of that, you know, stressing about stress. I had somebody on my podcast who called it health anxiety, which I think is a really real thing. Like more information is not always better and doing more is not always the best for the person. So I think sometimes just literally doing less so you can even just meet yourself where you are. I've gotten a lot out of that for clients. And then as you know, I think the biggest part of it is always the mental emotional part. Like it's getting the person out of their own way of like, stopping the shame spiral that they've kind of like got themselves in or whatever hole they've dug themselves in because of pro-inflammatory people and thoughts and energies and vibes. And that sounds hippy dippy to people. So they don't like love to hear that to be like, oh, what, I can't be around this person or like, I can't talk this way to myself or whatever. And it's like, it's so much of that. And people just, they don't want to do it because you can't get it in a pill. There's no 12 week program for it. There's no swipe up code. So it's like, you have to really sit there and do that work. And like that internal stuff and the emotional, you know, like PNI, psychoneuroimmunology, like all that mind body stuff. I think that's the stuff that makes the biggest, biggest impact. But like, until people are ready for that, I'm like, I can't interpret your labs anymore. I can't give you any more supplements. Like you're doing everything that you can with your diet. And these people want to win at health. And it's like, as long as you're alive, you have to be like, you're going to be playing this game for the rest of your life, hopefully. So there is no like end date or there's no winning or there's no like podium. And I think it's even just like kind of reframing that idea of like, okay, I'm super healthy. And it's like, okay, there's, I think a pendulum always, or kind of a sliding scale of like, yeah, this is where I am now. So I can elevate that and dig deeper on, maybe I want to get into human design stuff, or maybe I want to play around with cupping and acupuncture. Like you can't always just, I think, go from zero to 100. I think it's that idea too, of like, okay, understanding myself more and where are my chinks in the armor and how I break down and all of that. And like me personally, and then adjusting from there. Like that's been the, I think the really big thing of helping people even just understand what kind of person am I when X, Y, Z happens? So like, what kind of person am I when I am sick or what actually causes me to get sick? I just did a post about this the other day, like about your, you know, immune system, red flags. There are some people you probably know who could like be in a room of everybody coughing and whatever else, like they literally never get sick because they have maybe a better, you know, genetic blueprint or they've had, you know, more resilience or whatever it is. And then there's some people like you sneeze in front of them and they're down for the count for like six months, you know? So I think figuring out how your body personally breaks down and also how your body excels in certain areas, scenarios with certain foods, whatever exercise, all that like is the most important. Okay. I love this so much. So I want to, oh man. Okay. I have lots of places I want to explore in here. So I'm trying to decide my angle, but I think what's so interesting is like when I look at like going into the hyper healthy energy, I was just talking to my friend about this the other day we were talking about, it's like, sometimes I wish I just didn't know any of it. I just, sometimes I wish I just didn't know any of it. And I think about how would I be living if I had never come across anything in the health space? Like I genuinely wonder that and I'm not sure. Right. But a lot of people who are in the like hyper healthy space, they'll look at people who seem to like eat crap and do whatever they want. They're like, how come they're fine? And it's like, maybe they are, maybe they're not, you don't really know, but also they're not stressed about whatever they're doing. And I think there's a point of knowing way too much. And I think that it's really interesting looking at it from the manifestation angle, right? Because when I almost felt like, like looking back, like finding holistic health helped me in so many ways. And then also fucked me up in so many ways. And one of the things from the manifestation angle was like, okay, when I was so hyper-focused on 
this might cause this problem. If I do this, I might have that problem or this is going to heal me from this. I started creating beliefs in my subconscious that I didn't have before because I literally had no context of how food would help me or hurt me. And so I started creating these beliefs and then was like creating more problems or creating problems from food that wouldn't have existed. Or I think this is what happens with people who get really addicted. Like I was talking to my friend, she's having really bad adrenal stuff and she lifts really heavy. And I was like, why don't you just like pull back and do yoga? And she was like, I can't. She's like, I won't. She's like, you know, very resistant to it. And I could feel underneath it was like, it's an addictive kind of energy, right? If you're that attached, like, I'm like, you can't just do yoga for like two weeks. Like it's not a life or death thing. Like there's an addictive energy. And I'm like, underneath that is some belief of this is going to happen if I stop doing X, Y, Z. And then that's where we actually like create that problem. And it creates this whole fucking loop. Confirmation bias (laughs) is a very real thing in a lot of areas of life, but also with how this is why actually when I work with people, I generally in like the first session don't even want to go over labs because if somebody has really built up this narrative or belief or whatever about like, I think I have this. And again, it's like, it almost becomes a part of your personality. And I've said this before, like, I get it. On some end, maybe you have been feeling some kind of way for a super long time and you just almost want a diagnostic so you can feel like you're not crazy, but then you go and get like, whatever, some kind of crazy lab done. And that confirms whatever belief you already have. I think that's going to put you down the rabbit hole in a negative way. And this is why placebos, nocebos, mind-body medicine, like the research is going to, I think, continue going there because I tell people this all the time, like whatever you believe is true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so whatever way you want to choose that and you know, I mean, like that will manifest in your body in whatever way. And so I think it's important, like I even have to catch myself doing that sometimes. Like I'll joke if I am coughing or something, I'm like, no, you're healthy. You're great. You feel amazing, you know? And again, it sounds weird, but to your point earlier too, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the American lifestyle or whatever. Maybe that's like part of this, you know, the mentality of like, go, go, go grind, but y'all sleep when I'm dead. Like, like a lot of these other like European, like, you know, you go to Italy and Spain and I know places I've spent time and stuff like that. Like even the way they work out is different. Like they're not, you know, doing that kind of stuff or being so hyper-focused. Like everything now, I, I think it's just too, it's too much. Like then what is that? Like the Nuva ring, whatever is that called that you sleep with or I don't what? know. That's probably birth control. I think. Yeah, what? Nuva ring is for sure birth control. <laughs> like the whatever ring for your tracking, your sleeping and oh, like. the aura ring. Yeah. Yeah, the aura ring. I'm just like, I'm not, put the ring your finger. I'm not, I'm not in either of those worlds. I'm just like, I just don't, people ask me that too. And they're like, you yeah. don't have an Apple watch. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to know. Like I listen to my body. I'm me like, either. did I sleep like shit last night? Yeah, I'll know because it'll, I'll see it. My face will be puffy. I will be bitchy and I will be craving a lot of sugar. So like, I don't need a ring to tell me that, you know? Yeah. And then I think people over rely on the data and a positive or for some people that can be really positive. I think again, that goes back to what kind of person are you? It's like, I used to give this analogy for people with like, should I weigh myself? I'm like, listen, if you're the kind of person that if you weigh yourself and you're having a great day and you step on the scale and you see a number and then you like it mentally destroys you, then no, do, do not do that. Right. But if you're the kind of person where it motivates you. So I think again, it's that fine line. And just cause everybody's doing it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Like, so mm-hmm. If for me, like that would maybe stress me out more because I'm a recovering perfectionist and overachiever. So like if I saw that and it wasn't what I wanted, then like maybe I would be going down that wrong path. And then again, trying to get healthy makes people unhealthy sometimes. And that's not always the route that we want to go. 
Totally. I mean, my Fitbit gave me fucking issues. Like I was too obsessed with getting like all, all the steps. So I had to get rid of it. I can't use any of that anymore. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, we were just talking about visor before. And so I donate pretty much every day, but like I never track anything. It's just on my phone because I don't like to wear anything. And yeah. I just look and most days I've hit it just by like living my fucking life. And so I donate. But there was something about like always being able to look at my Fitbit or my whatever uh-huh. that was just like fucking with my head the same way uh, I turn off the notifications on my phone. I don't have notifications on my phone because that's just going to fuck with my head. Yeah. You know, I mean, and like, listen, if you're Michael Phelps or training for the Olympics, yeah. that data is probably going to be super important. But mm-hmm. for the average person, is that stressing you out again? Is yeah. that adding value to my big picture again? Like, or is this stressing me out more? And it's like another thing, I, another knife that I feel like I have to juggle mm-hmm. in the life that I'm already like living, you know, like if you're a stressed out mom, you have five kids and you're trying to get breakfast together and you're like, I didn't get my steps. And then that makes you feel like a terrible person. Or, you know, we've joked about this too. Like, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me where this is why I love integrated medicine because like they're doing all the right things. And then like, if they still need to take a medication of sorts, I'm like, that doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that like, you're starting to understand what you need or maybe where certain things like, you know, you can't get to that yet. So I think it's understanding that things are always kind of like a moving target. And like, mm-hmm. that's, I think really important for the big picture of health too. Like health is a long-term game. It's a long-term relationship. always changing. And this is where, can I, let me bring in some next level of the woo here. Um, Because I think some other layers of this that I've been like navigating is I recorded a podcast, but it's probably going to come out after this around physical ascension. And I say this a lot, but I think that people don't understand the same way. Like, honestly, living it is the only thing where I has made me understand of how physical ascension is. And like, we are changing at a cellular level. And I really believe a lot of our nutritional requirements are shifting. And something that the guides say a lot is like, all of this exercise is really getting in the way of people upgrading, like on a cellular level, because we're wasting so much time, like, or the body is using all of its resources to try and recover from that versus actually making like the shifts into our light bodies more. And when you think about like, if we are going to ascend at some point into like straight up light beings, do you think that we're going to be fucking like getting 10,000 steps and, you know, going to the gym five days a week? Like, like we're not doing that shit, you know? And so I think it's been really interesting for me, like navigating the spiritual space. And first of all, just with the changes in my body, like, I mean, I talked to you a lot, a lot about it and I just have to keep kind of upgrading what I'm doing and shifting it constantly because my body is like going through a lot changing and it's so vibrational, like nothing logical makes sense. And then the other part of that is how I feel like there's some of that hyper health stuff in the spiritual space too, where people are very much like eat raw vegan and, you know, do yoga and people are like, oh, you know, caffeine is going to fuck with your psychic gifts. I'm like, really? I seem to be fine. I seem to be fine as I just channeled five books, but thank you. Uh, You know, caffeine or like even, you know, with animal products. And I feel like it, that fucks with people's heads too. And I see that in my community as well, where people are getting really intense about their diet and worried that their diet is going to like get them off track with their intuitive gifts. And I'm like, holy shit, now we're infiltrating that mindset in this space too. And it's like, it's crazy. It's such a bummer. There's like so much health bullying that mm-hmm. is going on. And like, even I think you and I have talked about this too, like offline, like this idea of 
okay, you want to, I get it, like clickbait kind of information or a video goes viral because you're super mean. There are people whose names I won't name who like they've made a whole career of that, of like basically bashing other people for mm -hmm. something that they believe. And whether it's whatever bro science or whatever, like there's a way to go about it that's not so aggressive and not so demeaning to others where that makes somebody feel bad because they're doing a certain thing. Because Think about people like you and I who've been doing this for 10 plus years of really like digging deep between working with people, working on ourselves, whatever. It's very humbling to be like, yeah, you know what? I thought this used to work and it doesn't. And I realized that I need to change my tune as well on things. And I think people are confused. I have a PhD and I'm still confused. You know, like I'm like, what this just changed or what does this actually mean? Right. Like, so the average person who's just trying to make it through life and like you're going to try and tell them all the things and make them feel bad because they're doing something. So, like, I don't love that. And I also just don't love extremities in health anywhere. Like, be vegan Monday through Thursday and then go have a steak dinner on Friday. Like who cares? Like, I don't know why people think that they have to live in this cage and that's the only way to live because I think life is meant to be lived. So it's like, if you have all these rules, I think human nature as well is like, does that not make sense? The more rules and restrictions you have, that's when we start to have control issues or see the extremity or compensatory behavior. Like, and that's when it just becomes, I think, out of control and it's not helpful anymore. So I think like this health bullying and health shaming and health haters, like that needs to be canceled because that is just like, it's not helping anybody. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's been kind of the energy of social media in general, which is why I like just really can't consume. Cause I feel like the whole thing is like, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. And I'm like, is that helpful? Why don't you just express your opinion? Like, yeah. instead of like hating on people, I don't know. I just, I don't like the whole energy, but I think the other thing is that's a loop, right? Like, like those rules are creating these control problems, but it's stemming from this need for control and it's false, right? It's like this it goes back to what we're talking about with science versus intuition and where people cling to the science. It's like, why are you clinging to the science and needing this, what you think is a sense of security or stability? And it's false because science is always changing and evolving as well. We're learning new things for sure. And I, that's what I think about with, you know, if we got underneath, why do people need rules? They just want to figure it out. I just want to like figure it out. Cause I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. And then I'm going to get the results I want and it's guaranteed, but it's like nothing in life is guaranteed. No, nothing. <laughs> Death and taxes. That's funny that you say that though, because I would love to hear you explain a bit more about like the energy of control and where that's similar to like other energies that maybe are like blocking or I don't know, lower frequency kind of things. Like I'm sure there's a lot of overlap with that. And that maybe is like the symptom, but like mm -hmm. the problem's a lot deeper, you know? Yeah. I mean, let me just let me just tune in and see see what the spirits want to say about control. Um, control related to health. Is that what we're asking about? Or just control. I I think it's easy for people to think it's about how this is when binge eating happens for mm -hmm. people, right? You've worked with people like who've dealt with mm -hmm. this. There's generally other control. There's an underlying current there of control, surrender, what have you. Mm -hmm. And they pick health because that's an easy thing to like be tangible with and be like, oh, well, I'll control how much I eat or I'll control how much I work out. But I think it's like generally a certain personality type. Or again, maybe there's like subconscious stuff or these beliefs that are not actually true. Like, you know, I'm sure you've seen it as well with people you're working with, like where there's like overlaps. Yeah. I mean, so there's, whatever the moment was or moments when as a child, or even this could be past life. Uh, if people feel like I can't remember it, but I'm sure there was where the rug got pulled out from underneath you or no matter how aware you were, like you were hurt and you couldn't control the situation. Right. And so from those childhood traumas, we learn 
I need to make sure I don't get hurt again or I don't get blindsided again. This could also be from a very physical, like a very physical thing. I actually talked about this on a podcast earlier where I was just describing this memory from when I was really little and I was at a like a gymnastic party and somebody threw this bar and it hit me in the head. And I had like different head traumas. So like those little moments as a kid, you're like, anything could come out of the blue and hit me in the head. So now I need to become a control freak and make sure I'm controlling everything so that something doesn't come that I'm not anticipating. I need to be ready. Right. And so we all have a lot of those moments. Honestly, a lot of that is also our relationship with our parents, right? If we just feel like, you know, with different trauma with parents, uh, for sure. And a lot of it is also coming up. This is interesting. So like, because a lot of people, if you're listening to the show, if you're here, you probably have had a lifetime where like being in Atlantis, like going under or like being burned at the stake, which stuff where it's like, uh, I can't anticipate or control this. And then I get killed. And because the energy of the planet is shifting and like, there's like a similar energetic undercurrent, a lot of that's getting kicked up right now, which is why a lot of people's control issues are actually right now more than ever before. Like we're clinging because we can feel something is brewing the same way you think about like, how is an empath developed? It's, I need to be hyper fucking sensitive so that I can be aware of my surroundings so I don't get hurt or blindsided or this person doesn't come at me. I need to be able to control the energy in the room because I don't want this person to blow up and hurt me, right? And so when we can feel this vibrational undercurrent, which is happening on the planet right now, I mean, it's kind of obvious, obviously, <laughs> but it's okay. I need to control different things in my life. Like we're going to feel that popping up more intensely to try and make ourselves feel safer in a situation where there actually isn't safety. And that's why more than ever before, like the larger lesson is, can you fully, fully fucking surrender? It's it's those moments when your need for control comes out so intensely when it is the requirement to go fully into surrender. The same way, you know, when you're so burnt out and you're like just burning both ends and it's really hard time at work. I always say that's the moment when you take a rest day. That's the moment when the moment you're like, I absolutely cannot take time off work. I need to work my ass off and get this project done or whatever. That's the moment you say, I'm canceling everything. I'm taking two days off. Like it's that um, opposite that that is going on. So this is interesting because (laughs) they're saying like, this is part of the problem with people, people awakening spiritually right now. And so then they're moving that control energy into their spiritual gifts or psychic gifts and trying to apply the same principles there. And then that's the block because the whole way that you intuit or work with energy is like, it's flow, it's flow and it's surrender and it's receiving, you know? So I can't, I can't control like, I don't know what conversations I'm having, or I can't make my spirit guides. I can't make them do something for me or things with my higher self and my life plan, my, like the larger blueprint of this lifetime. Like I made contracts before I came in and now my ego thinks I can control shit. And it's like on a soul level, no, 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 Christina, you had to go through this stuff. Right. And so there's that surrender within ourselves. And that's the thing we do, right? We look outside of ourselves. We're trying to control everything outside of us and the people outside of us in our relationships. When the real battle is within, it is between our ego and our soul self. And because that feels almost insurmountable for a lot of people, or I don't want to look there. I don't want to admit, it feels like admitting defeat when it's actually surrendering into love. Like I'm going to try and control everything externally because I'm afraid to look within and actually surrender to myself. My morning ritual is of the utmost importance to me because it really sets the tone or rather the frequency of my day. And that is why the first thing I love to do is drink a big glass of Organifi green juice. I have been obsessed with Organifi green juice for years now, not only because it tastes delicious and it saves me a ton of time in the morning because I used to use a juicer and 
it just took up so much time. It ended up making me cranky, but I just love it because it gives you a natural boost of energy without any extra caffeine. It feels so refreshing in the morning and it's filled with different superfoods that support detoxification in the body and natural hormone support, specifically in terms of balancing out your cortisol. And I have been paying extra attention to this in the morning, just really focusing on regulating my cortisol starting my day with peace and balance. So Organifi Green Juice is my first step there. Some of the rock star ingredients in green juice include moringa, which is amazing for a natural boost of energy, rich in nine different vitamins and minerals. There's also ashwagandha, an adaptogen. I think most of us are familiar with that regulates the cortisol response in the body, as well as spirulina and chlorella. I try to get plenty of algae in every single day. It's one of my favorite superfoods. Algae is loaded with micronutrients and amazing for supporting detoxification in the body. Those are some of my favorite ingredients. I just put a scoop in water and mixed up and I am good to go. There are two different flavors. So the original green juice tastes like this refreshing minty drink. And I like to add a little bit of almond milk in there to give it a little creaminess. So good. And then there is a new flavor, crisp apple, which tastes like a crisp apple. Literally. It's, it's wild. So good. I have tried so many greens powders over the years and most of them, I just feel like don't taste good. I love Organifi green juice. Both flavors are incredible. So if you're looking for a good greens powder and you want that natural boost of energy and detox support, which we all know I'm a big fan of daily, check out Organifi Green Juice. You can go to Organifi.com slash CTC and my code CTC will get you 20% off your full order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC and that code CTC will get you 20% off. Check out green juice, red juice, gold harmony. See what your intuition guides you to. You really can't go wrong because I drink it all. And make sure to tag me on Instagram when you get your order in the mail so I can see what you got. So to your question earlier about like, what is the thing that had the most radical shift for people? All of that right there is what people really need to be doing. But again, you have somebody coming to you day one and they're like, what's a carbohydrate, right? And so then like, (laughs) that is like the Mm -hmm. end game, you know, like where they need to get to eventually, because that is really understanding that so much of it, whether it's you're on a spiritual journey, a nutritional journey, like mental, emotional, like it really is about, that was kind of my point of saying like, you have to figure out what kind of person am I? And if Mm -hmm. you have all these internal things that you haven't figured out yet, or like, again, it's like, you know, getting like, a manual, you know, when you buy a car and you're like, yeah, I'm never going to read this. Like, and you don't until your car breaks down and then you you call your dad crying, you know, like, and at that point you should have read the manual a while ago. And that's when I think feels more difficult because you're like, I don't understand. Like there were all these lights that were going off on my dashboard and like, whatever. And we just don't always listen. And again, it's like the, I'll do it later or I'll just get another, you know, degree or I'll run, I'll do this marathon or whatever it is like, but wherever you go, there you are. So like, I think that is like the stuff that makes the biggest difference, but it's the hardest thing. I mean, it's the Mm -hmm. hardest thing for people to do because you have to look in the mirror and be like, it's it's like when people end relationships, you know, it's so easy to be like, okay, you were a terrible person, but it's like, yeah, but you allowed it and you participated. So like where same thing with health, if they're like that diet was garbage or like that practitioner wasn't good. And I'm like, was that practitioner? Maybe they weren't, but like, were you compliant? Were you actually being honest? Like, were you really doing the assignments and the homework that they gave you? Like at some point you have to start taking accountability and doing an honest audit of 
everything that's going on in your life, not just your diet and your supplements, but everything else, relationships, old patterns, old wounds, like looking back. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And I get that because it brings up a lot of stuff. It's triggering and then it makes it shittier. And then you're like, oh, Jesus, I'm like, I thought I was on step six and now I'm back to step three. And it's like, but that is a lot of life. It's two steps forward, one step back, four steps forward, two steps back. And like, I think sometimes you have to learn to just embrace that a little bit more and like sit with whatever season that you may be in. But that's, you know, there's not a supplement for that. So people are like, no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not interested. And then they're like, and yeah, and so now I'm not going to be in this box or whatever. Well, I think so much of it is also because they don't know what it looks like. Right. And I totally understand it because I didn't get it until it's so funny because this mirror is like a spiritual awakening journey. Like I didn't understand what it meant to heal this underlying stuff until I was in the process. And I just had to say, yes, I'm doing it. I don't know what I'm getting into. And like people will sometimes ask, how do I heal this? Or what can I do to heal this? And I'm like, I mean, I can't give you an answer right now. That's going to heal it right now. Like the process of healing it is like showing up in situations and containers, working with people where you're bringing it all up and moving through it. Like it is a commitment to the process. And people ask that question. I think sometimes with, from the same energy as, okay, I have this, I don't know. I have this pain in my body. What pill can I take? Oh, and I'm absolutely. like, like, I how do you heal it? Get yourself in a larger situation, like commit to the whole process. And you've got to jump into something where you don't know what's going to come up. Giving time, time, I think is one of the hardest things for people, myself included, mm -hmm. of anything to your point, like committing to the process. And for some people, yeah, again, depending on how deep your hole is that you dug yourself into, like, and that's again, I think where the comparison game comes where they're like, well, my person did this, whatever emotional healing journey. And like in mm -hmm. three months, and you see it on social media too. They're like three months ago, I was in the worst place of my life. And now I'm blah, blah, blah. And then people feel shitty because that didn't happen for them. And it's like, right, but you have, you don't understand how much they actually committed, what other stuff was going on, like how deep their wounds were, if it was, you know, big T trauma or little T trauma, like there's all that goes into it. But it's like, to your point, just being like, fuck it, I'm in this for the long haul. And I don't know how long that's going to take. There's not a date on a calendar would love to know that. But I think that's where I mean, you talk a lot about this too, just like maybe asking for a sign to be like, okay, am I on the right path? Or like, what's going on? And like leaning into that more to be like, okay, these synchronicities are happening for a reason, or like these things are falling apart for a reason. So like we ask for that to happen and then it happens and we're like, no, 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 please don't like, please don't go away. Or like, why, why is this happening? And it's like, but you asked for this, you know, but like, we don't always, I think, put two and two together. 100%. And I think like going back to what you were saying about, are you actually showing up? to like the practitioner or the protocol. And I, this was a light bulb moment for me when I was working with different types of practitioners for my, my emotional healing, where I realized, okay, I could go through years of therapy or coaching or whatever. And what I bring forward is a surface level shit, or I can go to the appointment and sit down and bring on my deepest, darkest fears. And I realized like, it's all about whatever I'm willing to bring forward. Right. So I better go, go in there. And I think that's why people get caught in this loop of I'm not getting anywhere because I know a lot of people who work with incredible practitioners and they're like, I didn't, I didn't go anywhere where it's like, were you just talking about what you did yesterday? Like that's not getting us anywhere. You have to bring up like the fears, the wounds, the, the worries, like you have to go deep and bring that forward. Otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. So like that is the commitment piece. Yeah. I think it's also interesting because like, to your point, when people might say I didn't get anywhere and it's like, that's not true because that means that you have a distorted definition of what failure then looks like. Because even if you didn't get where you think you wanted to go, I would argue then that you did get something. Cause then you said, actually this I realized hasn't been for me. Like I have this conversations with people a lot that I work with where they'll say something like, well, you know, I've tried this diet or I've done this, or I've worked with this practitioner. And I'm like, great, you've figured out the things that you don't want or that don't work. And 
I give the analogy of it's like packing for a trip. You know, you lay out all the possible outfits that you think you want to bring. And then you're like, you know what? I realized that I'm actually not going to bring 70 pairs of jeans. The last time I went on this trip, I only needed one. And so I think it's, it's also just kind of having that mind shift or that language shift or whatever about being like, great, they weren't necessarily the best fit for me, but you can't find one thing that you liked mm-hmm. or learned from the entire process, even if it was like the worst experience worst, which is subjective and relative to you, like then that to me says that's more of a you problem. And you probably have a lot more work to do before you even think about working with somebody else, which again, I think goes back to like externally, just putting your shit onto other people. And it's like, that's not my shit to flush. Like you need to figure that out first. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Also, let's be honest, both you and I are going to bring 70 pairs of jeans. We're not going to bring just one. (laughs) So (laughs) honestly, I'm done. I made this joke. We do have this family vacation a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I'm done pretending to be a chill girl who carries, who does a carry on. I'm like, it's not who I am. I'm not going to be in this fake energy. My dad used to legitimately, like I would pack my suitcase for a trip and would unpack the entire thing and then repack it for me. Like it's who I am and I'm, that's who I am. So take it or leave it. That's my, you know, my fatal flaw. I'm the same. You know, I, I, I just have to own that I'm going to pack enough for three months when I'm going away for two days. That's just how I am. So I'm done hiding that. I like, I'm not a chill light packer. I'm not. So next I'm, I'm not chill. <laughs> I'm not chill at all. I'm an absolute psychopath and I drink 90 ounces of water in the morning. Like, no, I'm just joking, but wait, fuck. What were you saying right before that? We're talking about, I literally just, I- <laughs> Like how I'm not a chill person before chill before talking about how you're tired about lying about this is what it was. Okay. Okay. So you don't always see it in the moment, right? So I look back at like my health journey and all of the different protocols I tried and the diets I tried. And it wasn't until I got so much further that I realized why I had to do all of that. That's so important for people to understand. Dude, Mm -hmm. I say that to people all the time. I'm like, be so extreme in any area of your life as you can, because that is actually the only way that you find your version of your North Star or homeostasis. So go and try, like, you know, you and I joke about all the, I'm like, what diet are you on now? Like, what are you following? Like, try all the things and see where your 100 is and see where your zero is. And then say, you know what? I need to figure out, I feel best actually maybe, some people maybe thrive more at a 90% kind of vibe and they really like that. Cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe people need to be a little bit more. So unless you can figure out what those extremities are, that is how you recalibrate to be like, this is my version of being balanced. And I only know that through trial and error of being so extreme. You know, like I used to do bodybuilding shows back in the day, like, you know, and that was like so, so extreme where I literally would like watch people eat when they were going out to eat because I was competing and whatever. And I was like, okay, you know what? That was not worth it for me to be on stage for 15 seconds. Right. But like, had I not done that, I wouldn't have known. Same thing with like working out or, you know, trying all the other diets. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing that. But I think again, like having some humility in the process of like not hating other people. Cause at some point you were a novice as well. And like, you know, think about when you and I both were into paleo before paleo was cool. Like everyone was drinking that Kool-Aid and like, yeah. I was paleo shaming people. I'm like, you ate a legume. You're a terrible person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you had peanut butter. Oh my God. You're going to health hell. Like get out of my state, you know? And like, it's laughable now because you're like, Oh my God. I think the world has seen that we have like way bigger fish to fry. And like in the big picture of things, like if that's what you're going to get hung up on, like, and again, like, I think you and I've even talked about this, like stressing about the one thing that you think is actually stressing you out is worse than the actual thing that you think Mm -hmm. is going to be so problematic. So it's just like, God, just do less. Just like that scene from, you know, forgetting Sarah Marshall. And he's like, just 
do less, pop up, yes. pop down, just lay on the ground, you know, starfish <laughs> on the ground. We love a starfish. I love, well, I'm always, I'm like starfish with a castor oil pack. Do it now. Okay. That is it. That is the life hack. <laughs> but I, I do want to like, there's that balance. Right. And I think like, I want to also be an advocate for this other side too, of like doing less and stop stressing out about it. But at the same time, I of all people can very much recognize like my body is very sensitive and is affected by what I consume. And so there are things where I'm like, yeah, this is very much blocking me, you know? And so I think there's also that other side of like, there's also the guilt that can come up around people who are still caring about what they're eating. Right. Or like, like, no, absolutely. I mean, it comes up for me for sure with intuitive stuff. Like sometimes I, I go out with my friends and I am very picky about what I'm eating. Cause I'm like, I'm channeling all day tomorrow or like I'm writing my book this weekend. So I'm not going to eat X, Y, Z. Uh, I eat differently when I'm like doing deep channeling work than I do when I'm just like, when I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, but that's and, my point is that yeah. you only know that through trial and error. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, dude, try on all the outfits. Mm-hmm. till you figure out what works best for you for certain things. Like to that analogy, like I'm going out with my girlfriends tonight. I'm not going to wear like my whatever, like raggedy white trash gray sweatshirt that I would wear if I'm like having my friend come over and watch TV. So it's like the same thing. Like, yeah, try all the things. And that goes back to the original conversation of like, what kind of person am I when I'm channeling a book? If I have a whatever exam coming up or what, you know, like when I was prepping for a dissertation, like I knew there were, you know, your non-negotiables, your deal breakers and your red flags. It's like mm-hmm. any relationship in life, you have to figure all of those things out and to thy own self be true with that. You know, like nobody's going to ever give you those answers. You generally only learn that through experiential learning and through trial and error. Yeah. Well, and I also think like I had to go through a lot to be able to eat intuitively. Like now I can tell what I need, but there was a point where, you know, I felt like frustrated with certain practitioners because I felt like they were like, just eat intuitively. I'm like, I literally can't. Like, I'm so fucking disconnected from myself. Like I need some type of template to reset me so that I can start to learn how to be intuitive with what I'm eating and listen to my body. You know, because I think about like how I can tell what I need now based on how I'm feeling. And like two years ago, there was no fucking way. I was just so disconnected, you know? And so I think that's kind of something- yeah. No, no, that's like a good point too. Cause I think that is important for people to learn if they are working with somebody or maybe just working on their own kind of journey. Like you can't always go from like novice to expert. Like there has to be steps you have to put in the reps and the, and the practice. And so like, if you are working with somebody who says something like that to you, like, yeah, maybe if you're a more advanced client and you've worked with other people, like you could maybe jump into like level seven, but you can't always, you know? And I think that that's important too, to be like, honestly, I'm not there yet. So like, mm-hmm. this isn't a fit for me and I need to figure out how to, to like take a couple steps backwards. There's nothing wrong with taking steps backwards too, about being like, well, I thought I knew all this and like that was working and now that's not. So like, how do I pivot from here? Yeah. I think there's also just so many like confounding variables, right? I was laying in my lymphatic drainage appointment the other day and I was like, whenever I'm in my lymphatic drainage or a massage or whatever, I'm just like off in outer space talking to the guides. Right. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> you did not have to deal with all this fucking lymphatic drainage stuff and like all this stuff that I do to like clear my system. And I'm like, there's a lot that I do to keep my system clear and get the toxins out. And I'm like, you know, back when you were alive, it must've just been simple. Like eat some fish, eat some bread, you know, we're good to go. Like no one had to spend eight hours of their week, like fucking flushing toxins out of their body. Uh, and I was like, this is all ridiculous. And then I realized I'm like, on some level it's not because we just have so many other things that are pumped into the fucking environment, toxins and products, like our stress buckets are already so full. And so it's like, we're already set up. I mean, to lose in some ways, you know what I mean? 
I, I mean, this is, it is so, because you've probably seen this too. And I've seen it with a lot of people that I've worked with over the years. They, they're like, I don't understand. When I was 20, I could eat XYZ. I could do XYZ. I didn't have this problem. I'm like, yeah, because your stress and inflammation buckets were either way less full or you were way better at emptying them out when you needed to. Like, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? So like you didn't have this stress or feeling bad. Or again, like, you know, you hear about it from older generations, like, yeah, I drank Coca-Cola and smoked cigarettes and like ate meat and I was fine. And like, it was a different world we're living in, you know, like that everybody was living in. So yeah, to your point, I think it's like, we're dealing with a lot more these days. So if you're not doing the things to empty those buckets out, like, yeah, you add one little bit. If you only have eight ounces and you're at like 7.9, it doesn't matter what that last, you know, like, little percent is like, you're going to overflow and that's going to manifest for everybody differently. Like I'll start to get like really puffy and inflamed and like, I get really tired and I like crave sugar. Like, you know, it's very different for some people like shut down and they don't want to eat anything. Some people like, you know, cry a lot. Like it's, you know, everybody's different and that's always evolving. And people, I don't know why they have this like hard time accepting that like your health is going to continue to evolve, hopefully for as long as you're alive. Yeah. And based on like, I know for me, it's so environmental right? Yeah. Like for me to climate EMFs, like there's like when I'm in built, like cold buildings with a lot of technology and wires, I can feel my body like get inflamed and my gut is off. And I realized for me, so many of my things are environmental. Like there's the emotional piece, but just physically where I'm at, like if I'm off in the forest and there's not that much, there's less EMFs, I feel way, way better, you oh, know? Yeah forest bathing tail. It's old as time in Japanese yeah. culture. Get those terpenes guys, get those terpenes <laughs> in. We got to get them, but get those negative ions guys. There's just a lot more we're dealing with. You know, I think about like phones. I'm just like, God, we're just like, they're always connected to us. I joke all the time. I'm like, well, I know memes aren't really a thing anymore, but back in my day when like it was just memes on the internet, I'm like, dude, memes, I, I was like traveling a lot for work. So I was like between the radiation from flying and me laughing at memes while I'm in the airport. I'm like, that's what's going to take me out. Not like my unfiltered water. Like I'm like, that's what's going to kill me. So it's like, yeah, pick your poison. Everybody's going to, you know, whatever, have their issues that's going to add to the bucket. But I think it's again, also like sometimes it is just a drop in the bucket. Because again, if it's like, this is the argument, not argument, but questions when people will ask me a lot about things like, maybe like drinking, for example, right? Like I know, like, I don't even think you drink at all. I like barely drink. So like, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, if it's the kind of thing that you think genuinely like is gonna, because there's a social aspect to it and like whatever, and it adds happiness and it makes you be social. Like, do I think that that's the problem? Like, no, but it's like, again, the extremities of it or like how much of the benefit are you getting from like those secondary effects of it? You know, where if it's, I think, stressing about stress or the other mm -hmm. things, again, like trying too much, like that's when it becomes problematic. Let me say something. Okay. So I like quit drinking seven years ago and I used to drink a lot. Okay. Uh, obviously as I literally quit drinking before I turned 21. Um, so I don't know if I told you this, but in the last couple of months, I've gotten drunk a few times, which has been like the first time in a long time. And I was just like, I need to like, my spirit guides were like drink. So I'm like, okay. And the fucking weirdness should happen because I drink a lot. And first of all, not having had a lot to drink in a long time yeah. combined with, I was always a lightweight, you know, like I was never, I, I always knew my, my tolerance and I drank like a lot, a lot and literally like no bad effects. Like I woke up the next day. I, I was like, I should be hungover. Yeah. I'm fucking fine. I wake up at 6am. I'm chilling. Like nothing happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like it was like, I had are no you effect. Are you under 30 still? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, wait till you're 30. It's, but, I used but to I, laugh at that. No, I'm kidding. No, but I'm like me years ago or even like a couple, like I've had three or four drinks maybe, you know, in the last seven years. And it's like, I have gotten like fucked up after half of a glass of champagne. 
Like my tolerance is so low. And then the last couple of months, I was like, wow, it's literally not affecting me. And I was joking that like my frequency is so high, the alcohol just dissolves in my system, which I, I honestly don't think is bad. Uh, I was just going to say, what's the reason? What's the mechanism of action for that? No, I'm a lightweight. I just can't like handle it. Like, but so for like, for me, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I've never been a big drinker. Like I've never really, whatever. Like, I mean, I've gone through phases where like, you know, COVID, you know, that was a yeah. big one. And I was like, what else is there to do? Um, but I, I think again, like for me now, I'm like, it doesn't make me feel better. I think I'm a fun person regardless. Like, you know, I don't need it. And I don't want to feel like shit the next day. So like, again, totally. for me, like that drop in the bucket, I would rather go eat froyo, like, and then Same. feel the effects of sugar. Like, so it's, it's picking your poison. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I think that's important too. Well, spiritually, I'm just like, I think alcohol is it's not good spiritually, but it was just very fascinating to me. Cause I'm like, I think I've just had so many experiences in my life that show me like when it comes to health, nutrition, supplements, there's something so much bigger at play and half of it doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah. And we don't know. that's like one of my big lessons. I, this is like kind of random, but I wanted to ask after you did your bodybuilding, did it take you a while to like reset your metabolism? Like, did that fuck with your body or you're okay? Well, I think because genetically, like, I mean, I worked with a lot of people who it really did wreck their hormones and their metabolism, mm -hmm. quote, wrecked their metabolism, whatever that means to you. Um, I think genetically, because I am naturally like thin and mm -hmm. whatever, like I didn't really have any issues. My weight fluctuated a little bit, obviously, because on stage, I was like the leanest I had ever been. And but then I was like eating like an asshole after that, because I was so restrictive. So I don't think it was anything because of like my own genetic, like I never lost my period. I never had any of those issues. But I also didn't do it for like 10 years, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I've seen it for a lot of people, I think where it ends up being problematic, especially I can't speak on behalf of men. But for a lot of the women that I worked with, like they had developed a lot of body dysmorphia stuff, of course. And then also like their hormones were on this like roller coaster because they were not eating anything. They were working out so much. So they were super stressed. And then they were binge eating a lot too, which was like a whole other thing from like, you know, I think an insulin kind of standpoint and, you know, excess androgens and all of that. And then like that affected either their cycle or their metabolism. Or again, I think their metabolism was mostly messed up because they were just in a consistent binge restrict cycle. So like they would lose five pounds and then they would keep losing and gaining the same 10, 15, whatever pounds. And that was just the cycle they were in. And then they blamed it on their hormones, which of course, yes, plays a role, but not the only thing. Interesting. I think it's like a lot of that gets justified by, oh yeah, have your cheat meal to keep your metabolism up. And I was that. that person, dude. Yeah. I was totally like that person. And again, confirmation, like you can find how we've joked about this. You can find science for anything these days. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't mean it's a good quality study. Doesn't mean that it was done well. Doesn't mean that it was for a long time. So like, I believe that for a while, like the bro science of that to justify to myself because of the crazy restrictions that I was putting my body under. I tell people all the time, like it's like one of the most unhealthy sports. And the reason that I originally got into it was to be like, I want to show you as like a, you know, like a holistic practitioner that you can be healthy and do this. Like, no, I was eating like <laughs> fake the Walden farms, like fake sugar syrup. Like oh, it was God. not, you know, like it was yeah. not healthy. And then I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta reboot here. But again, I learned a lot about that. You know, like I got to work with a lot of cool mm -hmm. different clients. It was a good community. It was, you know, like I have so much respect for anybody who does it because talk about dedication and talk about like being mentally strong and like just showing up like, oh my God. So it's definitely, I think a really mentally draining and tough sport, but for your body, it's just also like not any way to live life. It's just, it's really, it's not, I remember literally stepping on stage for like 20 seconds and it was over and I was yeah. like, 
I was like, you can't, do you know how much money I spent on this whole thing and time and social <laughs> everything? And I'm like, in 20 seconds, it's over. And I was like, this is not, it's like juice is not worth the squeeze here. I'm, I'm out. Oh my God. I'm out. Oh my God. Well, did you feel like there was any of a similar type of like different manifestation, but similar energy and like CrossFit paleo? Phase? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, CrossFit was I like to say that I did CrossFit before CrossFit was cool because I did like before, you know, when they were doing the CrossFit games back in the hills of California, still like out in the woods, like before it became this, you know, super cult or whatever. Um, but I think it was a lot of that. Like I joke now and I'm sure I'll get hate for this where I think a lot of people who do CrossFit now is like some people are like, yeah, they miss the community. Cause even, you know, for me, like I moved around a lot. It's a great way to meet friends. The workouts are fun. It is like this, you're speaking the same dialect. So it's great for that. But a lot of the people it's like, okay, you never were really super great at a sport or like you didn't excel in something, whatever. I think there's some yeah. like insecure with any of the bodybuilding too. Like, I mean, that was probably the most insecure I ever was in my body. Mm -hmm. Most of those it's the same kind of psychology, I think. So like you find it and you feel part of this community, everybody's speaking the same lingo, all of that. So I do think it's kind of all like the CrossFit, I think is like a little bit different, but yeah, I think it has kind of the same undercurrents of like, yeah, we're trying to, I don't know, like all fit into this bubble of this community. Like, and I always joke, I'm like, yeah, Greg Glassman didn't invent kettlebell swings and deadlifts. Like he created a community. That's what people bodybuilding, like they didn't, Ronnie Coleman didn't invent bicep curls. Like bodybuilding was a community that people you felt like was a tribe for you. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it goes back to all of that of wanting to feel like you belong, wanting to feel like people understand you. And then, you know, if you start to kind of shift out of that, like people think that you're, you know, like whatever, like not fitting into that box anymore. So I think it's, you know, wanting to fit into something or again, like, you know, just being a part of something, which is human nature. Yeah, totally. Well, is that, why did you leave CrossFit? Oh no. I mean, I joke all the time. I'm like, I, I belong to like 90 different gym memberships because to our point, like, mm -hmm. I'm like, what kind of mood am I feeling? If I yeah. want to be more social, like for me, some of my really good friends that I like, you know, still hang out with, like they go to a CrossFit gym. So I go and like, I get to work out and I get to see them. And sometimes I want more high intensity stuff and to lift heavy weights. Like I love that. I love doing strongman stuff. And then I'll go through phases where I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. So like, I'll go and do old bodybuilding. Like I'm back in like a bodybuilding kind of phase or like Pilates where I'm like, yeah, I want to be around whatever. So I like literally that is like what I spend most of my money on is like mm. gym memberships, Our you know, because it depends what kind of community I want to be around. Yeah. You know, like I think sometimes like CrossFit, for example, for me, like there's been times in my life where maybe I've been like mentally or emotionally kind of off or I feel like maybe down or whatever. That's just always been a really solid community for me because you get around those people talk about an environment where you physically see people who like look healthy and like they don't think that you're weird for talking about XYZ. I remember when I first became a personal trainer, like I walked in with my lunchbox and I had like hard boiled eggs and like water. And I was like, oh my God, no one thinks I'm weird here. You know, it's like, welcome, yeah. you've been accepted. So I think that's important too, is like understanding that what works for you sometimes is not going to work for you every time. And that's why it's really important to like get all the tools that you can for that. And so like, yeah, I still absolutely like go in and out of it, but like, it depends on my mood, how my body feels, how my body looks, like how social I want to be, like how much energy I have. Where back in the day, I would maybe force myself to be like, you're going to class because and now I'm like, no, I don't even like yesterday I was like signed up for a Pilates class at 545 and it was like five and I was like, I don't want to I don't want to work out right now. Like it's just not for me. And I like got the late cancellation charge, but whatever. Like, you know, so I think it's just I'm a lot better now at not judging myself for listening to my body and really just being like, what do I need right now? And like I went and did yeah. like a bodybuilding workout and that was just 25 minutes and like I felt it was kettlebells and like I felt good. And I was like, all right, next.
very quad right of you switching it up, which goes Is back it? to like, yeah, it, yeah. Just like always want to do something different. Like, do I want to move today? How do I want to move today? Not sticking yeah. to any schedule, which is funny. It goes back to like, okay, what's healthier works for you might not for me of all of these people in, you know, fitness who are like, you have to stick to, you know, uh, periodized like progressive mm-hmm. overload training program to see any results and I like really because I know a lot of people that like see great results they don't do any yeah. of that shit <laughs> but you know it's wild I am such a scheduled person I mean like yeah. I love routine I love schedule I love my calendar all that but the other part of me is I'm very like defiant where don't tell me what to do that's like always the joke in my family because I will purposely just want to do the opposite like but I don't know if that's like the Aquarius in me or whatever so like after a while too I think that's also like when everybody starts to like something or everybody yeah. wants to do it. Or everyone thinks that guy is cute. I'm like, now nah, I purposely won't like him because I want to, I just don't want to. So like, that's kind of my person. When everybody gets too into things, I'm like, I'm out. I don't, I don't want to We're the same like that. I feel like that's, that's like when I was sending you, uh, I was sending Brianna some supplement brands and I'm like, are these legit? And I'm like, I want to hate these because they're mainstream. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're good. <laughs> they're actually good. Cause I, I'm the same way. I'm like, cause I'm like that too with the second I have to do something, I don't want to do it. But if I don't have to do anything, I want it all. And I like want to schedule it all out, but I'm also very like, I can't schedule things. Does that make yeah. It's like both. Yeah. No, I, right. I remember I went to the aquarium one time with this guy, like we were on a date and there was like this penguin exhibit and I like love penguins and this one penguin, like all the penguins were getting fed and there was one penguin who went by themselves in the corner, but was like, kept looking backwards to see what all the other, pe- and I was like, oh my God, that's me. I'm like, I don't want to be with the crowd. I kind of want to just like <laughs> see what they're doing and I'll come back over later. But I'm like, but also give me attention. You know, like I was yeah. like, that penguin is legit my spirit animal right now. He was like, please leave me alone, but also like check on and like check on me what's happening I can see that very much for you penguin energy I love that yeah. for you I love or that for you goat. I like mountain goats because they're goat. like kind of like spastic and they're like chilling and they're like in nature and they're just doing their own thing and they pop out at the right time and then they like go away very on brand for me very on brand for you goat milk goat milk yeah. diet do you like goat no, milk? Goat, no goat milk is actually really good for me like my body does really well with it yeah we love that all right goat milk goat cheese yeah I'm a goat milk. And I have learned as I'm exploring more around cooling and heating foods in Chinese medicine, goat milk is cooling, but cow's milk apparently is neutral. Interesting. Is what I'm reading on the internet. I'm sure somebody listening knows more about this. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that is what I've gotten on the internet. I've been looking up a lot of these lists of like cooling, neutral and warming foods, and they're all kind of different. So you, I was going to say, do you, cause if you look up Ayurvedic stuff, it's a mm-hmm. little bit different than Chinese medicine stuff. Yeah. So like it gets at some point again, that you're kind of just like this list said it was cooling. This list said it was hot. Like what is finding justification for yeah. why, why I'm a goat milk girl. <laughs> that's just what you need. Maybe that's just what, you know, Jesus and the fairies were into that. Yeah. Are you still on the fairy diet? What's happening? I yeah, just need like I'm, a quick 30 I'm, minute, I'm, 30 I'm, second overview. A quick 30 minute review. Just like um, 90 minutes deep yeah. down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm on my Jesus and fairy diet. So Jesus diet, love it. Yeah, bread. I'm doing gluten-free cause celiac, uh, bread, fish, milk and honey and fruit, which is like what I was already eating intuitively anyway. Like that's kind of been like figuring things out. And then I was eating that. I'm like, this is very interesting, like kind of specific group of foods I'm consuming. And then, and then Jesus was like, look up what I ate. And apparently those are, those are the food groups. So that tracks. And then fairy diet we've added in, which is like sweets. And so I've been baking a lot more. I've been having cookies and milk. I've been just, love there's it. something so that I, I just love I me. Mean, you know, I've always loved baking. Like I love, mm-hmm. I've always loved sweets. And it was so funny because last time I went home with my family and I, I asked, I was like, when I was little, what were my favorite foods? Right. Cause I think that we can learn so much of about ourselves and what 
our bodies naturally want based on what we liked when we were kids. Cause we just knew. And I was yeah. like, what were my favorite foods? Like what did I eat? My sister goes, you liked junk food. Like you always liked junk food. That's that was funny. all you ate. And she was like, you just always crave junk food. And I know that about myself. I just ate pure crap. Uh, and I felt great in a lot of ways. Like I think my body, my body does really well with sugar. Um, yeah my body does well with processed stuff, honestly, because it's easier to digest. Um, yeah, it was just funny. And I, but I think there's a vibrational thing for me with that of like the experience, the joy, the creation, the colors, like I, the high I get from like creating a beautiful dessert, I can't even tell you it's orgasmic for me. Right. So bringing that back in. So I'm basically, that's another food group is my sweet. So that's where we're at with fairy diet. That's so funny. You know how we always joke about the fruititarian diet and you just said that, like when I was little, I would always be like, can you cut me up a bowl of strawberries or like whatever? Or my dad would make me like rice and beef. Like I loved obviously always carbs or like bread, you know, like that's, I always joke my Italian peasant diet, like works best for me. Yeah. It's it's funny because I was thinking about that, like what I was, what I would eat. Cause I would eat the same things pretty much every day. And I never really ate protein. Mm. Like yeah, I was not a protein funny. person. My body does not do well with a lot of protein. I start to look really like bloated and puffy and I just don't like, I like fish and stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like a lot of like heavy, heavy, pro- when, especially when I was like bodybuilding and all that. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I know it never felt like amazing on it. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like when I was for a long time, I ate so much protein. It was like the base of my diet. And I was thinking about when I was a kid and I, I mean, I would have maybe like, we'd have like sushi here and there when I was older, but like I would only eat chicken or turkey. Yeah. I'd only eat yeah. chicken or turkey and I would cut off. If there's any bit of fat, I would cut it off and I would scream. I was like, I can't eat this. I was oh, yeah. so picky. No. I can't do fat. That's why when people do carnivore and all that kind of stuff too, like I cannot do the only times I've ever gotten food poisoning in my life has been from like super fatty steak. So I think there's also, again, some like psychological trauma wow. for me where I'm like, I can't eat this because I will like literally vomit everywhere. And I'm not a puker. So like the only times I've gotten food poisoning have been from like fatty steak. That's so interesting. The only time I've gotten food poisoning has, it's always been salmon. Salmon. Ooh. Okay. That's a hard okay. one. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the universe is telling us something. You're not supposed to have steak and I'm not supposed Did to have- Did Jesus eat salmon? I don't think Jesus ate salmon. Yeah, I think Jesus ate a lot of white fish. You got to lean into yeah. some like halibut and cod. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been doing, I don't do much salmon in general. I'm more of like a sardine kind of girl. Yeah, I like have never, I mean, salmon, I get it, but I'm just like, I, I used know. to be obsessed with it. I ate it. I ate so much of it. And then what happened was I had some labs and my doctor at the time was like, you have an omega-3, like I had an omega-3 overload. He's like, I've never seen this in my life. So you need to not have fish. <laughs> and so I had to cut out fish for like a year. And oh he told God. me, he actually referred me to a couple of his other colleagues who wanted to do tests on me because they had never seen somebody with that level of omega-3s. That's like, this wild. Is usually the opposite direction. I'm like, honestly, this is very on brand for You're me. You're like, this is so, um, you should see the rest of my life. This is very on brand for me. <laughs> so on brand. So That's you know, we're, we're pulling back on the salmon. Uh, and are you on a lot of diet still? Is that where we're at? Um, yeah, I'm on the, just like, it's the summer still. So I feel like I just eat a lot of fruit. I eat like usually in the morning, I eat the same thing. I feel like for breakfast every day, it's like always an Ezekiel English muffin with like a protein bar. Maybe like the no cow bars I really like, or like peanut butter. And then I eat like a bunch of fruit throughout the day. And then I kind of just see like how I feel sometimes, you know, bread, more bread, pasta wraps. I mean, it's kind of just like, you know, whole real foods, I eat a lot of popcorn. I know people hate corn, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I feel good, you know, someday yeah. I've been into like smoothies a lot recently. Cause I'm just like in the summer, I just, the last thing I want to do is like chew a salad sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can't chew one more salad. So I'm gonna have a smoothie. Love that for you. I love that yeah. for you. Yeah. 
I actually love, um, I don't really like rice cakes, but I love corn cakes. Have yeah. you had I've those? Never, I think I have PTSD from rice cakes from my bodybuilding days because oh. that was like a treat thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but popcorn, I could like eat my body weight in popcorn. Wow. Popcorn and watermelon was like my dissertation diet. That is like what I lived on basically when I was writing my dissertation and like seltzer water. Love that for you. Hydration, some solar plexus action with the corn. I mean, felt amazing. I mean, I felt amazing. I was like literally living on like four hours of sleep a night, eating popcorn and watermelon. And I was like living my best life. What? And coffee. And coffee. Yeah. Coffee is kind of just like my baseline. It's like my treat for myself. You know, like I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go and like walk and get a coffee or whatever, but like not to stay awake or anything. There we go. Just for my mental health mostly. So if you guys want to nail your dissertation, just live on watermelon and popcorn and you'll be live, for me, alive for and For me, that was what was working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was pretty much what I ate every day. Yeah. We love it. I love all the diet updates, honestly. Always, always changing and evolving. We'll keep you all updated. Such is uh, life, you know, always changing and evolving. So should your diet. Your diet should also always be changing and evolving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make it unique. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> this has been fabulous. I want to respect your time. I know you have no, a hot date. Did. Yes. My dad and I are going to get um, fish, actually. We're going to like a little local fish market. So I'm going to go get oh, some I mercury poisoning from tuna. So that'll be great. I'm that. excited for that. And eat my body weight and shrimp cocktail, which is also a um, fan favorite of mine. So I love that for you. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, for people who want to hang out with you more, where are all the places they can do that? Mostly on Instagram, even though I like, I hate social media these days, not hate it because of what it is. I just like to your point earlier, it just, it's so repulsive to me. So I don't even like consume a lot of it anymore. Um, But I'm on social media. So at Brianna Diorio on Instagram is where I'm most active. Uh, My podcast, also Brianna Approved Podcast. That's like, I kind of really just like, like being in that space. And it's pretty much it. And TikTok. And well, TikTok is just like, whatever, because you know, I'm bored and like, I can be, I feel like. I love your TikTok. Raw. You're probably one of the only people I actually watch your TikToks. I just like to keep it real on there. Yeah. You know, it's like my word vibe. It's like, I feel like it's like a diary almost. And I'm just like, but here, you guys can all see it. I used to hate TikTok and I've gotten so into it because it's just like, no one gives a fuck. Like, that's what I love about it. Like Instagram is so fake now and TikTok, like you could just be like so wild. And like, sometimes you, I've gotten some great like free therapy tips from TikTok that I would say would take now people years to get. So I'm like, don't talk to me right now. I'm like doing this for my mental, emotional health. But sometimes it's like also like, okay, go read a book. Totally. I mean, Instagram, I've been posting more reels and I've gotten so many people just like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Do I have to be perfect for you? Like people are saying all these weird shit. And I'm like, I'm just saying something. TikTok, no one gives a shit how you people express it. Or it's like no one cares. I'm like, TikTok is the wild west. You could yeah. do literally whatever you want. Yeah. I love it. And we love it, that energy. We you know? love that energy. We we love a plot twist. We love to shake shit up. We love yes, some wild cannot shit. be managed on any level. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, everybody uh, look up Brianna and make sure you follow her on TikTok. Thanks for Instagram. having me back on the pod. I have to have you back on the pod too, because then I can Please. ask all the, we'll, we'll dive deep. I'll, uh, we'll schedule. Cause I want, you know what? I'm going to have you on the pod yeah. and we're going to talk all about like your tincture journey and your diet and all that. Let's do it. I'm, I'm so down. I love chatting with you about it all the things geeking out on all the things so thank you for being here and everybody thank you so much for listening in we appreciate you and hope you have an amazing rest of your day and we'll chat with you in a future episode 